I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, December 1st, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So, Jay, it is day three of Tim Beebs. You know, I did stop by a few Tim Hortons on the way home today, and I noticed that the Tim Beebs apparel was much more available than you had originally thought. We're going to create scarcity on this if we have yeah. to do it ourselves. I'm buying up all the Tim Beebs tukes that I can find. Well, we'll see how that works out for you. Uh, but I do like that you're manipulating the market. Uh, and it's also day three of Hanukkah. Yes. And uh, for Hanukkah, we are giving the kids all three flavors of Tim Beebs. White chocolate fudge, which is good. Sour cream chocolate chip, which is better. And birthday cake waffle, which I think is really the pinnacle of the Tim Beebs. But there's a perfect synergy opportunity here between yes. Hanukkah and the Tim Beebs. There could be the, the Hanukkah flavor, the Hanukkah, Hanukkah donut could be a Tim Beeb. It could be. We could also create a potato luck at Tim Beeb, and then we would really be onto something. No, no. I like the jelly-filled donut version better than the latkes. I like latkes on their own, but not as a, not as a donut. That's not well, just a Hebrew lesson for the day. We call those sufganiyot. I know. See, I was hoping that you would say it because I didn't know it and I wasn't even going to try. And so when I said the Hanukkah donut, I thought you were going to jump in and say this is what it is. But, you know, at least we got there eventually. Sufganiyot, a jelly-filled donut for lack of a better term to call it. But let's call it Sufganiyo for the purpose of this podcast. Yeah, it would be a great Tim Beam. I really do think so. But anyway, I think so too. We'll talk to Scooter Braun. Yeah. Brett, aside from Sufganiyo, Tim Beebs, and Tukes, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, GDP is up. For our second story, GIF or GIF. It's GIF, by the way. And for our third story, Spare Capital. For our first story, Canada's GDP grew at an annual rate of 5.4% last quarter. Brett, this sounds like good news. Is it good news? Well, with the floods in BC and a new variant of concern, we can definitely use some good news right now. And that's exactly what this is. So our annual GDP pace dropped 1.1% in the second quarter, April to June, which was much lower than the first quarter and what analysts expected. But as COVID restrictions are being lifted, consumers are spending. Last quarter, consumer spending increased by 18% annual rate, which is one of the biggest recorded increases. Now the question is, will these gains last? The markets have tanked over the past week, as anybody who's following it knows, because of the concern of the Omicron COVID variant. So Brett, why should people else care about our GDP growth? Well, we started this off on a positive note. Now, I don't want to be a wet blanket, but it really is a question of how long this will last. And since we're on the topic, we'll give you a bit of an Omicron uh, update. Yesterday, the Moderna CEO said Omicron is likely to be vaccine resistant, while the founder, the CEO of BioNTech, which makes the competing vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine, said that the vaccine should still protect against severe illness. So it's really still early to tell. This is what Anthony Fauci says as well. Uh, and so, yeah, I guess we'll have to see. But I like that there's like a, a battle of the vaccine makers going on. I think they'll all do fine this year, no matter what. I, I know. And you got to wonder what their incentives are. But oh. anyways. For our second story, UK regulators are demanding Facebook parent company Meta to sell Giphy, and we are saying Giphy, and that is the correct way to pronounce it. Jay, what does this mean for my meme game? Well, it might be good or bad news for your meme game. I'm not 100% sure, but some background. Facebook, which is now Meta, bought Giphy, the popular gift sharing site, last May for around $400 million US. But it's been under investigation by regulators since then for potentially curbing competition. Now, Meta reportedly was interested in buying Giphy because of its large pool of user data. In 2017, it was reported that Giphy had over 200 million daily active users. And if you've seen Silicon Valley, you know that daily active users or DAUs are everything to Richard and company. So this deal has been a total headache for Meta. Even before the announcement to scrap the deal, 
regulators actually fined Meta $70 million for hiding information related to its acquisition of Giphy. You know, I thought Giphy was supposed to be fun, Jay, and it sounds like they're giving Facebook a real headache here. Regulators in the UK said that the deal can't go through because it would curb competition by not only limiting how other platforms use GIFs, but also by shutting down Giphy's ad business, which theoretically would mean that Facebook will get a bigger share of the pie, which is already pretty big. So Jay, why should Peak Pals care about Meta's failed acquisition of Giphy? Well, this is part of a bigger trend of foreign regulators taking a harder line on antitrust concerns than the US regulators do. Facebook, Google, Apple, they've all paid big fines in recent months as European and British regulators take an increasingly aggressive posture against big tech, and this could start to meaningfully affect their businesses if this trend continues. For our last story, closer to home, Vancouver-based software startup Spare raised $18 million. Brett, why should Peak Pals be aware about Spare? Well, that was one very good. Uh, But here's a fun fact. Peak co-founder Taylor and I once started an on-demand microtransit bus service in Toronto, which was, or at least what we tell people, was subsequently shut down by the city. Really, the economics didn't make a lot of sense either. However, the one thing I do remember when I was doing this was how much we wish that there was software to help us operate. I think we were just a bit before our time because that's where Spare comes in. They're making the software that makes it easy to manage new transportation modals like microtransit buses and ride-sharing services. And customers are primarily government transit authorities that are using this. So that includes, you know, these are you know really exciting places. Jay, let me, let me preempt it that way. Cheyenne Transit Program in Wyoming, the Greater Attleboro-Taunton Regional Transit Authority. I just say that slow because it was so tough to say. And that's near Boston and City Bus in Lubbock, Texas. So these are, you know, world-class cities. Uh, fun fact, uh, my sister used to live in Taunton. I don't think she ever took the Greater Attleboro Taunton Regional Transit Authority many places, but maybe with Spare's help, she may have. So Spare's $18 million round, which was led by Canadian fund Inovia, will go towards improving existing products and growth. So Brett, why should PayPal's care about Spare? Well, the future of transportation is multimodal. We're increasingly relying on a combination of Ubers, buses, bikes, walking, etc. to get around, and tools like Spare will help improve the efficiency of the newest microtransit services, which will fit into that mix. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast or your app of choice? Leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions, who we saw yesterday in Toronto, by the way. That was very fun, for producing this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, just get out there and eat some Timbees, will you? <laughs>